Yes, hello, I am James Rose, and today is WNR 467. It's AW Revolution 2023. Hopefully, I have the pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show. It is, of course, a fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. How's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. How's things with yourself? Oh, fantastic. That's <laughs> just flying along. <laughs> As it is, <laughs> but of course, <laughs> looking forward to AEW. I mean, you're excited for the, the Prediction League start today. Are you excited for it? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I'm I'm more eager and excited to see where I place right now. You know, it's all about that competition. So uh, I'm ready to get competitive. <laughs> but but I, what I will say, and honestly, like last year, my start of the year was awful. And I managed to recover. So even, you know, no matter what the scores are, even halfway through the year, as we all know, it can change. Uh, exactly. Next... I mean, look, we, all, we, also, we almost had, you know, a big upset at the end of last year, having Juna come out of the underdog, almost stealing all of our points, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was crazy. Yeah, just forgot Juna went on a rampage last yeah. year. <laughs> Panic mode inserted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Up next, our resident NXT expert and, of course, New Japan deity. It is Monty. How's it going, man? Doing good, doing good. Uh, ready to talk about a, you know, surprisingly, you know, better show than I came into it expecting. So, you know, I'm ready to talk about it. It was a really good show. So, you know, I'm ready when you are. Right. Uh, like I said, it's the first AEW show we've had, uh, of course, Wrestle Kingdom and all that kind of goodness. But say for AEW. And last, but by no means least, well, jungle life. I'm far away from nowhere. On my own, like Gina Gell. Hide and seek, pushing across the forest. Monkey business on a Sunday afternoon. I sit and wonder, does a message get to you? Oh, 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 oh. That's Gina's life. It's Gina. How's it going? Was that was that Jungle Boy's theme? It was it, it trying to be, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm glad I, I'm slightly being able to jump on these songs and figure out where they're coming from. <laughs> Hello, I, gang. What's up? <laughs> I think my favourite reaction was, I have no idea what song you just fucking sung. Uh, and that's what I'm trying. I mean, to be honest, I have had no idea about half the songs that you've sung to me. It's only now that I'm actually curious. Like, where are all these Gina songs coming from? I didn't, I didn't know there were so many songs with my name in. <laughs> well, there we go. That's that started off excellently. Hopefully, we can continue on that high. And like I said, the entire team is here, and it's all about AEW today, AEW Revolution. So let's start with Zero Hour. Rene Paquette with RJ City. What a prick he is. All right. I made my decision on him very early. I think you've missed a certain uh, a certain member. You've missed a certain member introducing him. Who? Monty. I didn't introduce Monty's introduction. Introduce me. He introduced me. Sure. Don't worry. I'm so sorry. I was worried. I was like, where's this new member? I'm like, who's this new member, Joe? Oh, JC's going to join us. I was like, oh, fucking hell. 
We didn't go into a lot of detail, but then again, Monty's got like to gloat about later on. So at the moment, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm saving it. Yeah, but what a prick he is. Not Monty, RJC, <laughs> just in case. Uh, no, we're... <laughs> <laughs> James just doesn't want the hate mail next week. <laughs> I just kind of help myself sometimes. Uh, we get Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen interviewed. Don Callis talked about Mox versus Page, but the zero hour match saw Penta and Ray Phoenix team up with Mark Briscoe to take on Davari, Tony Nice, and Josh Woods. It started about 15 minutes after the zero hour began, and Penta and Nice started for their teams and played some mind games with each other for engaging in any actual wrestling. Briscoe got a great reaction from the Chase Center crowd as he went on a rampage in all three. You could tell he was having fun as he ran around the ring, taking everybody out. The Briscoes and Lucha Bros ended up winning. And when Briscoe pinned Davari, uh, this was fun stuff. Jaxie, we'll start with you. What do you think of this? I mean, I think this was a, a, a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great way to sort of um, uh, in, uh, get the crowd warmed up. Um, you know, you can't go wrong when you've got the Lucha Brothers in a match anyway. So we all we already knew that this match would be good from from their point of view. Um, working against like Ari Davari and um, what does Mark Sterling call? Um, what are they called? The uh, you know Tony Nese and and the oh, other one that's coming. The athletes. Oh, that's it. I was going to call them the Varsity Blondes, and I was like, they're not blonde. <laughs> um, like it was a great match. Um. Again, though, I still stand what, by what I said. The Lucha Brothers actually deserved to be on the main card and not on Zero Hour. So as disappointing as it was to see them only on Zero Hour, I'm still glad and grateful we got to see them. Uh, they had a great match and they really warmed the crowd up. Yeah, that was a really, really fun overlap. And also what I quite liked uh, about this, well, Tony Khan may have learned his lesson on too much on the pre-show because I'm pretty sure the last AEW show had like four matches. This is only one, but it was given enough time to, like I said, have an impact. The course yeah. telling the story of um, Mark Briscoe as uh, Briscoe as well, kind of continuing yeah, his journey. Yeah. Into AEW, so. And might I just actually add as well? I do want to add this, even though it no, it didn't actually happen on the zero hour. I did look on Twitter, and at the time, it was announced that a second match was added to zero hour, which was the Blackpool Combat Club versus. Uh, the dark order but they changed the date of when that match was going to happen last minute so i wasn't making it up even though it didn't actually turn up on the uh on zero hour yeah no no we all believed you <laughs> uh so what would you score that uh out of five to start us off um i mean i thought it was a lot of, it was feel good it was a, a lot of fun you know there wasn't a lot behind it in terms of story wise so i gave it a three and a quarter um, Monty, what about you? Yeah, solid opener, fun way to kick stuff off. Like was already, like we already mentioned, Lucha Bros were wasted here. I don't think that I don't think that's controversial. I think that's pretty clear. But you know they're always entertaining, and then Risco fit right in with them, and uh, it was the expected result. So I enjoyed it. You know, I gave it three and a half. And Gina, what about you? Yeah, I gave it a three and a half. Um, I'm also not um, happy about 
the the Lucha Bros being on the opener, but I also can understand why they would have them on like the kickoff show or zero hour, sorry. Um, just because I think they they will obviously want to get the crowd hype ready for the actual pay per view to start. So for for me, I see it as AEW put them there because they don't actually have a legit storyline match to have on the main show. But they also wanted to get the crowd lit, especially for the opening of of the the pay per view. So my my kind of guess is that's the only reason why. But they still deserve the time on the main roster on the main show, if you ask me. But I gave it a three and a half. It was fun to watch. It's always great to watch the the Lucha Bros. But I also really like Mark Briscoe, so it was great to see them tag with him. And yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, I gave it three point nine five. I was quite. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Like I said, it's quite nice to just have one match to focus on. Uh, unlike our prediction leagues, because we have three of Lowe's. And at the moment, WWE, it is James and Monty one point apiece. I got the Royal Rumble perfect, but Monty stroked back with the Chamber. And he also won Wrestle Kingdom as well. But Gina and Jaxi have won NXT Vengeance Day, which sticks with us more <laughs> than anything else as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Especially because we don't watch NXT lately. <laughs> it puts the cherry on the on top of the cake, you know. <laughs> I can just imagine both of you just rubbing like, in it. Well, me and Monty would be like, "How the fuck you can start getting WWE and AEW stuff?" And you're like, "Yeah, we stopped watching it six months ago." <laughs> like, maybe just shouldn't watch wrestling content, and then we'll get everything. <laughs> Exactly, just sort of nail it every time. Um, and the bonus league, well, at this moment in time, Jaxie is on nine, Monty on 10, Gina on 11, I'm on 12. And starting today, the AW Prediction League, we all went the faces, so we're all on one. We then see JAS interview, Tony Storm spray painted R, Britt Baker joined Vinay, Powerhouse Hobbs was interviewed, and RJ tried to touch his ring. Adam Cole, baby, March 29th, he's back in action. If only there was a pay-per-view he could get a return match, but I suppose <laughs> there's not anything going on. Uh, and then JR joins the commentary and on to the main show. I mean, first off, Zero Hour, um, Monty, did you watch it in its entirety or did you just watch a match? And what did you think of it rather than having kind of like four matches crammed into it? Uh, like you said, it definitely pays better with the uh, with less matches in it. Even if it would have ended up being two, that would have been way better than like the three or four they've done in the past. Uh, you know, the it, it felt you know I did I did kind of like their twist on kind of like the the pre-show that we've kind of come used to when it come to these shows. Even though seeing Renee there, it definitely just reminded me of the old WWE pre-shows a lot. But. Uh, Either way it go, I thought it was a, a better use of the time. Like like you said, it didn't it didn't feel like much of a waste. The promos were okay, and it, at least at the time, like when you're getting ready for the show, they did a good job getting you ready for the show. So yeah, I think it, I think it ended up being a positive. Yeah, I think without doubt, we'll move on then to like I said, the main show, AEW Revolution, March fifth, and we start hot and with a good choice as Chris Jericho takes on Ricky Starks with the JAS band from ringside. As soon as the bell rang, the absolute one was all over the demo god. Even when Jericho tried to fight back, Starks stayed in control. 
However, Jericho began to focus on the injured ribs of Stark and eventually took over. He slowed the pace down so he could punish his opponent with focused offense. Now, I don't want to try and repeat what we talked about before we start recording, but I think, Gina, you were talking about the tape ribs. Why? <laughs> I mean, did you have an issue with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be biased just because I have a little crush. Like, I just thought it was pathetic. Why are you coming out with, it literally looked like one of those really single-handedly done bandages as well. It wasn't like wrapped around 10 million times. Like, A, the bandages do nothing to protect yourself from damage. If you get need in the gut, you're still going to feel that. Those bandages aren't steel, you know? So it's like, it's pathetic and pointless you wearing that, especially when you're indicating and showing your opponent, right, here's where to attack, because here's where I'm hurt. You know, and it's just like, oh, God. It was just, I don't know. I can't, I, I had a problem with it, and I don't know why. Like, throughout the whole match, I was saying to Jaxie, like, just what's the point? What is the point? It it doesn't make sense to me. And I just, yeah, it's starting to annoy me a little bit just seeing these wrestlers come out with their little taped ribs. Well, if they're taped, are you medically cleared to wrestle? Is this well, unsanctioned? This is a question. What are those bandages going to do to help your injury? Well, how many so, matches? Yeah. How's a, has a wrestler who ever came out with kind of bandages wrapped around him got through the match without having said bandages ripped off you know like i don't (laughs) so it's completely pointless you know like i said yeah uh but anyway i thought the match was good i thought i thought the match itself was good um chris jericho always does put on a good good entertainment and good like wrestling to still be in still enjoy the match um, it was a good match. They both had like good spots for them both as well, and it did get the crowd hyped. The crowd were chanting for Ricky so much, so they yeah. they need to continue to elevate him now after this. But well, hang yeah, on, hold hold fire on that second. Hold fire, hold fire. We'll come back to you in a second because we're just getting to the action. The Starks kicked out the code breaker to pop the crowd and keep in the contest. Jill Jericho with a spear for a few moments later and get the pin. Sammy Guevara came down and distracted the referee. I thought JIS was banned from being stopped anyway. Jericho could hit starts with his bat, but the stroke that he blocked the Judas effect, hit his finisher for the win. So like I said, sorry, Gina, you were saying the crowd were hot for this, but it's the momentum Ricky Starks got now and picking up the win over Jericho. Yeah, for sure. But he needed the win. If Jericho won, it would have just buried everything that they've tried to do with Ricky in terms of pushing him up. So it made sense to give for him to get the win here. And I definitely am happy for this storyline to end now. So no more. Ricky now needs to go and face Sammy Guevara for coming down and interrupting his match. No, you don't, bruv. You don't. You won your match. Next storyline, you know. So hopefully they they move on and they continue to elevate Ricky um, because that's what he needs, you know, um, right now and Chris Jericho's got all the elevation already he doesn't need anyone yeah but I think Jericho put him over like you know a true yeah. put him over perfectly and also the thing I like Jericho hit the code breaker he won with it on dynamite so hitting a mega one on Ricky I weren't sure if that's going to kind of be job done but mm. you know the question is as well if you were to give Jericho some time off and let Ricky Starks have as many segments as Jericho and the JS has on dynamite there's no doubt he will just rise and rise and rise up the card. 
yeah, for sure. I will point out and say as well that Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson have done so well in terms of elevating anyone that they're involved with in terms of a storyline. So again, this action Andretti just turned up out of nowhere and now he's got this massive fan base. So um, yeah, it's just, I, I will give like props to Jericho because he did put Ricky over well. And I, I think he does that with all of the wrestlers that he's involved with. So fair play. What would you score that out of five? Um, I gave it, I gave it a 4.5. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Jaxie, what about you? I have to agree with a lot of what you guys have said. Um, definitely the point about, you know, taping yourself up. Now, I, I know that, you know, a lot of wrestlers uh, use muscle tape and things like that, but it is going to be a clear indicator that this is where I'm injured, this is where you should attack. So that's where you should expect most of the attacks. Um, so I could understand her her point there, uh, but the match was great. Like you guys said, um, I really do love like Christian uh, Chris Jericho has been just putting over so many young wrestlers. Uh, same with Brian Danielson, but uh, this match between Jericho and Ricky Starks was great. Um, I felt like it was the right outcome. I, I agree with you guys that maybe he should kind of go on holiday, you know, maybe focus on Fozzie for a bit, anything like that, um, and then like you know sort of come back. Uh, at a later stage but this should be Ricky's time now like Ricky's finally gotten this one over the leader of the JAS leave it there let's let that be done let's let Ricky Starks move on that is like the one thing that I kind of want to take from this is like please let that that be the final uh fight within JAS I'd like to see Ricky Starks facing other opponents now especially if they are going to consistently build him up um, so I'm I'm interested and excited to see where things are going to go for Ricky now that this whole saga with the JAS has ended. Um, I gave I gave this a three point eight. It was it was fine for me. A good opening match. Yeah, I've really got into this. Like I'm not going to lie. Uh, Monty, what do you think? And it was I think it was a good way because the crowd were hot going into this match. But maybe elsewhere on the card, it wouldn't have been. Yeah, it was a good match. It was it was straightforward. Which is uh, which is kind of you know surprising when you think about a Jericho match lately. You know, a lot of there's always a lot of you know stuff going on in Jericho's matches, but this is like you know very straightforward and uh, Ricky won decisively, which is what I think we all wanted. Uh, and you know, like you said, this should be the end of this feud. The only complaint that I could have is like what you mentioned earlier is with Sammy Guevara's interference. Like it was just pointless, even though I know it was a little fun spot. For action and ready to come tackle him or whatever, it was still just like, what was the point of you making that the stipulation of someone's going to just run down the, the ramp? The you know yeah, like, exactly. right. Like, are you what? What are you talking about now? And then it made me mad because now I'm like, well, since you did that stupid stuff, now I'm wondering where the rest of the guys are. You know, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, so again, I hated that part of it, but other than that, it was you know, it was really really enjoyable. So I gave it three and three quarters. Uh, and I and like you guys mentioned, Ricky Starks is uh, a star. Just, I think he should be chasing the championship, you know, or, you know, I don't know which one. They got plenty at this point, but there you go. I think Ricky should be chasing the championship. If he's chasing the title, hopefully he waits till later on in the year, but that's only due to year-end predictions for my part. <laughs> so, <but laughs> I, yeah. I really enjoyed this. I gave us a four to start. Predictions all went Ricky. They're all on two. Up next, Jack Perry versus Christian Cage in the last burial match. Don't call this a casket or buried alive. 
Cage wore a sleeveless turtleneck. I mean, come on, that shows it. And just jeans for our Jack. The match was aggressive as soon as they made contact. Take long for Cage to attempt to leave through the crowd, but Perry caught up with him, dumped a fan's beer on his head. He went back and forth with neither man having the upper hand for too long. I think Cage set the pace a bit more, but not by too much. He blew a kiss to Perry's sister sitting in the front row, which is always a good heel move. Also, whipping Jungle Boy uh, with that belt. Fuck me. And they fought the way up towards the stage where the coffin was located and began to take bigger risks in the effort to take each other out. Perry ended up in a casket but fought his way out. Jungle Boy finally hit the concerto on his former friend through a huge pop from the crowd. We roll Cage into the coffin to score the win. But Fonzie, man, I mean, how long did Jungle Boy take to close the casket? I mean, I know that's not the point, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a little, a little awkward there. A little awkward, <laughs> but yeah. it, it still it worked out. Up. I thought I was the only one. Like, is he taking too long? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take your time. Maybe it's a dramatic effect. He's going for dramatic effect. Like, I don't know. He, it, you know, Jungle Boy has this thing going on. Jungle Boy thing, yeah. Like, yeah, because that's exactly what cost him a couple a weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, he was just staring to the uh, crowd. Just, yeah, standing there. You want to see and acknowledge everybody in the in the room, Jungle Boy. But seriously, focus on your opponent. He's he's always in his own head or something. He's thinking, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's thinking, huh? It's so weird to see the crowd from this angle. I'm used to being on Luchasaurus's arms. So that's the thing. I was <laughs> I was worried about Luchasaurus showing up, but like there was a few things that was. Kind of, you know, we all were just waiting to get through it. But JR on commentary getting excited by Jungle Boy filling out. And it's, it's going to be a stage <laughs> where the wrestlers are a bit too young. And JR's going, hey, hey that kid, boy, hey, he look good. <laughs> just, just be easy with that. And Christian looked knackered as well. Uh, and we got a fuck you, Christian, and a fuck him up, Jungle Boy. Uh, and JB's head bounced off the casket. I care. If you put the hand, protect yourself. That third one went doing. Uh, but Monty, what, what did you think about the match in general? Yeah, man, like you said, it was a solid brawl. It had a lot of callbacks. Not only to their few, but like uh, it had a unique enough spin for me to the casket and buried alive match. You know, it was way, it was way more street fightish, I, I think, than a lot of those matches. Are in theory, but I, you know, now that I think about it, I guess some of those, especially those buried alive matches, it probably compare really well to those. But uh, you know, by the way, I just want to say the way the casket sunk when he finally closed it, it was incredible. I, I, I just look, I don't know why it sunk so fast or what, what was going on and where the hell Christian went, but he got concerto to hell is the way I like to think about it. So it, it really works. <laughs> Lucifer was ready and waiting below. I'm like, oh, he's and he earned it. Like he was definitely a prick through this whole feud. So he definitely, you know, should get dragged straight to hell for the yeah, way that... he treated Jack. But this is a good did... cap to the story. Did you see like the white powder like poof? Yeah, up? the smoke. Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> uh, but the, the thing is that I get upset about is like even Christian with this feud, and it's still a sign that goes, "Where's Edge?" 
And it's like, fuck's sake. Just give yeah. Christian just have you know. <laughs> Christian can't have anything. <laughs> yeah, over that already. Whereas Ed, she's on another promotion doing shit with his wife. How about you like you in, in, tune into the other? Exactly. But again, I don't know if it was while smoking, but I actually quite enjoyed this matchup as well. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Molly, it was it was fun, you know, towards the end and like I said, the spots you knew like said, when you see a shovel there, you go, Oh, that's gonna be used. There is no right. way <laughs> you know it's and by the way, Christian opening his mouth to put the <laughs> and just like Christian, you don't have to open your mouth for the uh for the STF when the shovel is there. You're making it worse on yourself, Christian. I see you opening your mouth, Christian. <laughs> uh, it was fun though, like you said, a lot of good fun. Just cut your brain off and sit back and watch them try to kill each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would you score out of five? Um, I guess overall, uh, like I said, I really liked it. I still only gave it four stars, but it was, like I said, good cap off to this story. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, four as well. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? I think you guys made some really great points there. Um, I actually enjoyed the match as well, though. Um, but it was awkwardly long. With him saying his goodbye. It was like he was saying a seance before like actually saying goodbye to Christian. <laughs> like, he was he was going, Oh <laughs> just waiting for it to end. It. He was whispering it in, in Christian's ear and going, I just want you to remember that song as you make your descent to hell. You know? <laughs> like, um, it was a great match, but yeah, really awkwardly long until he closed the, the coffin. I literally shouted at the screen, close it. Like, Christian had plenty of time to jump out. Glad he didn't. Um, yeah, again, good match. Uh, I gave it a three and three quarters. So, Regina, what about you? Um, I wasn't too excited about this match, if I'm truly honest. There's no offense to the two wrestlers, but I was just over this before it even started. So I wasn't too excited. Um, I started to get really into it towards the end of the match, but I was just laughing at how long Jungle Boy was taken and staring into the crowd like he's Dwayne The Rock fucking Johnson. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I only really got into it at the end of the match, so it it wasn't necessarily for me. I like I said, nothing to do with the wrestlers. I just wasn't interested, so I gave it a three. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, predictions: We went Jungle Boy, so all on three. Speaking of three, the trios championships on the line next to the Elite versus the House of Black. Uh, and I tell you something: entrances alone, I was there for. You know, <laughs> so I, that flag. The, whatever you know, uh, we the, the House of Black flag. I would take that and just have. Uh, and again, with the elite, love them or hate them, they do make an entrance. But this is a match we we're all waiting for, and to see Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews face off with Kenny Omega, Nick, and Matt Jackson was a sight to be seen. Uh, we see Matthews and Omega start for their teams with a furious exchange of holes and counters. They came to the stalemate. The crowd cheered as they stared each other down. Give us a singles match now. Black tagged in and squared off against the cleaner. Shortly after that, all hell broke loose. Everyone began to hit big spots all around the ring. With no one adhering to the rules of tag contests or anything else. I don't think it's possible to recap every bit of action here. We saw everything from everybody and just every spot looked good or great. 
towards the end stretch though Omega accidentally hit Judy Hart with V-Trigger when she was the eighth and that allowed House of Black to take control. We had a fantastic near fall on the Black Mask kick but House of Black finally got it won and became a new trio's champion uh, and the crowd was on its feet from the finish. Uh, what a great contest. Uh, Jaxie, what match? You know, I, I can't do it justice. We just need to watch it. Oh, my God. Guys, yeah, seriously, James just said it right. Can I cannot do this match justice. Like, this literally could be a strong contender for match of the year in terms of, like, the just level of uh, athleticism. Uh, how do you say athleticism? All, all, across the across all wrestlers, this match was so hard-hitting, you really could not look away. You would miss something peak. You know, it was that good. Um, highly recommend anyone who was listening to us but not actually watched it. If you're not going to watch the whole pay-per-view, at least watch that match. That match is amazing. Um, I, I don't even know what else, what, what to say about it. I love it. Do you know what, James? I realised that I now have a new dream match that I need to see one-on-one, and that is Buddy Matthews versus Kenny Omega. Yeah. I, I, I was so lit when those two got in the ring, and I felt the crowd get lit as well. And and just like, you know, the testosterone between them before they started exchanging blows. Oh, I was here for it. I'm definitely going to go back and watch that match again. It was so, so good. Um, Again, can't recommend it enough. I know that this is going to be a, it, this may be a little bit dramatic, but for me, this match was a five. So. Well, this, the thing is, talk about Buddy, and I don't tell up JR, man, mm. that boy's filling out, you know, and. <laughs> right? right? Like, seriously, like his workouts with Rhea Ripley are paying off. He looked so good. Honestly, his back shape is like, it's, it's like the shape of an hourglass, you know? Yeah, it, Do you know what I mean? Oh. Is, he was a cruiserweight. And that's what I'm saying. I've been, and I've, been Don't look like buddy, now. I've been on the buddy train for like five years or something. Like that, so I can say, like, oh, yeah, I knew that I'd be one of those. But like I said, whatever yeah. he wants to accomplish. He can, but all three members of House of Black, that's what makes him such an exciting group. You exactly. know, is, exactly. Like I said, um, I don't call him Alistair Blacklin, but Malachi Black. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is how I've not been in society for Malachi Black since I would say kind of like, end of NXT days because Brody King looked like a fucking monster as well when he came in didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he really did he looked like the demon that was on the leash by Julia and Julia just let them all go do you know what I mean? It, mm. it, it, it's almost like you said as well going back to when you first started talking about this match, like their entrances even their entrance tells a story and you're just like captivated by it um, they've got so much chemistry uh, as a trio that it just worked so well putting them off against someone with with such great chemistry as the elite that they play off each other so well like i could see these six fight forever i really could and i don't think i'd ever get bored i think they would produce something different every single freaking time so yeah i mean i think that i think the right uh people won um, I love the elite, so don't get me wrong. I love the elite, but I do think that this is House of Black's time to shine, and I am so excited, like going forward, as to the type of feuds they're going to get into. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Like I said, I, I, we know the elite is the elite, but let the House of Black go and fuck everyone up. You know, yes, yeah. let's, let's go. Just let them let them keep on doing what they're doing at the moment, and that is coming out, making a statement, and then leaving you leaving you fucked in the ring, you know? Like, that's what they need to keep doing. So keep doing that. 
what we want. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on this uh, great match and your score out of five? Um, yeah, I'm not even going to try and say any more than what you guys did because it's all the same, the same really. Um, one thing I do love about both these teams is that it doesn't seem, as in a trios match, especially with <coughs> WWE, um, in a real match with the trios matches, you usually have like one main character and then his two, his two, you know, side side clones. And that's what it's like for Gunther. That's what it's like for Roman. Like, there's quite a lot of, like, trios out there where they have one main guy and then two backup. With both of these teams, they all feel equal. Jaxie just said about a dream match now being Buddy versus uh, Kenny. When in, like, if you would have thought about it firsthand, you would have thought, oh, no, it's going to be always be Kenny versus Malachi in these trios matches. No, I need I need Kenny versus Buddy. That was just sick, just to even seeing them have their little uh, couple of minutes of just one-on-one. And I love that about both teams. They all feel like they're main characters. None of them feel like side characters. So, yeah, it was a great match. I gave it a five. Yeah, like I said, really, really good stuff. My own- argument you could make is Kenny Omega knew he was going to hit Julia Hart and again his reaction after was like fuck it you know <laughs> so, but like Monty I know we see a lot of these matches but when it's it's two teams like this it felt special you know yeah I agree it definitely uh, felt special uh, all six guys look great like you guys mentioned the striking in this match was a sight to see uh, I, I just still I, I couldn't help to be uh, let me be the negative person here <laughs> but i was still frustrated because i'm like they did this with no angle and it's just like imagine how much bigger or more impactful house of black in this moment would have been for them it still was big trust me everyone was still happy to see it and you know still be but like i'm saying it just be even more impactful if it was an actual story attached to this other than just you know announcing this match out of nowhere but as i say that uh i picked them and i was still shocked that they won if, if you know what i mean you know what i'm <laughs> yeah. saying like like i still thought it was gonna be hard you know like it's the elite you still hard to bet against the elite so uh it's what i expected though out of these two teams i i, I look at all these guys very highly i know brody king uh not only ring of honor before he came to new japan but he came to new japan a couple years back uh, and he was an uh, absolute beast back in those days. So I, I, I've been familiar with him, been familiar with Malachi for a long time, NXT, and before that. So, again, Buddy, like you mentioned, I rem- again, like I said, not only was Buddy Murphy cruiserweight in WWE, I remember when he was, you know, just teaming behind Alexa or whatever Wesley, in NXT. Wesley Blake, know, yeah. Wesley Blake, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly, that's how, like, I remember that version of Buddy. So to see him now, you're right. His transformation is freaking incredible. Uh, this is a great trios match, though, man. Uh, and this, I think, uh, I'm, ha- I think I was just mostly happy that House of Black was getting a chance to run with these belts that I felt was kind of made for groups like them, Death Triangle, stuff like that. Like these belts were meant for House of Black. I think we all knew that. Uh, but I wasn't as high on this match as you guys. I gave it four and a half, though. It was still really, really good. Yeah. No, I gave it four and a half, but like I said, you got, you got like I said, you you got to enjoy it whilst it lasts. And right. again, you for me, it, the six man match, you know, like I said, the three man team, Shield versus Wyatt's is always number one in my head. 
So when you can get close to that, like you said, Monty, as well, with the story involved and hopefully now a House of Black building, we can get to that point, you know, somewhere uh, down the road. But what a great first hour it was, I will say, um, for the Revolution show. Predictions. Again, we talked about this. I think this is the night all of us thought, do you know what? We know what we're talking about. Because <laughs> even though, you know, House of Black, we go, yeah, we'll do that. We all went to House of Black, all on four. Uh, J.R. Lees and Tony Chavoni joins for the women's championship match. Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho versus Sarai. Saraya, whatever. Hayter and Saraya started brawling as soon as the bell rang, but only took a few seconds for Soho to get involved. Bit break and Tony Storm were at ringside, but they didn't get involved right away, despite the rules allowed them to do whatever they wanted, really. All three were involved in most of the action. They did have a sequence when one would roll out, the two would continue. But surprisingly, the match did not end as a result of a finisher. Hayton retained the title by pinning Soho after an exchange of combinations between the two of them. Storm and Soraya tapped the champ after the bell until Baker made the save. But Soho ended up taking out all four women. But she has seemingly sided with Storm and Soraya. Uh, so, thoughts on this Ruby with a nude look. I mean, Gina, first of all, the match, all three looked great. I thought it was just to finish what happened after that kind of like. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm not shocked with the outcome. I kind of saw this coming. The match itself was great. All three women put their all into it. There were some spots that didn't hit as as well as maybe they would have wanted. But to be honest, I think that everybody was still just so hyped to see these three in a match. So it was really good. I did enjoy it. But um, yeah, I saw that ending coming. So I wasn't too surprised. Uh, no, what when Soho kind of afterwards as well, and it's like if if Paige and Solo, oh sorry, Soraya and Solo were in cahoots, then why they hate a win? And if Soho made that decision afterwards, then why so quickly? You know, like yeah, I said, it just, I mean, it it confused me a little bit in terms of right. Well, if that was the the way you were gonna go, Ruby, then why the hell did you bother kick out Soraya and and Tony? Because she indicated that she was kind of on Brit and Jamie's side at first when they started beating upon Jamie after she won. And she kind of like tossed them out of the ring. She didn't attack them, but she just tossed them out of the ring. And then Brit raises her hand and then she just flips. And I'm just like, okay, well, if you were going to join those two, why did you toss them out? Like, they were your sisters trying to steal clothes out of your closet. You know, like, I, it just didn't really make sense. So it was like, if you were going to like, bash on them you could have just pushed Soraya off of Brit and then started beating Pom Brit yourself there and then you know I just found it a little bit awkward of her booting them out of the ring so that she could then attack the both for them to get back in the ring and, and act like a trio so yeah. yeah it was just a little bit of a messy ending they could have done a bit more of a smoother a smoother reveal of which side Ruby took but Either way, the match was still good for me. I still enjoyed it more than I did the Christian match. Sorry. <laughs> so, so what would you score that then? Oh, I gave it a four. I was like, it can have a four. four yeah, maybe the match would have been better placed elsewhere. But, um, you know, like I said, the hater pop is true, Monty. And another thing as well I want to mention is, it doesn't get mentioned enough, two British women representing. Monty, how's that make you feel, being American and being outnumbered? Huh? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care either way. <laughs> I don't, I'm really, I'm really indifferent about it. 
Honestly, am I missing something? No, I'm just playing. Uh, it, it's, it's that's a nice shout though. I, I, I'm you're the champion represents, and you have Soraya there, who's a legend when it comes to uh, all she's already done in this business. So I get it, but uh, I like I said, I enjoyed the match. It was a decent clash. It was a lot of physicality. Like you said, the champion, she's one of the most physical uh, women in the world. Honestly, it's all the time. So. She really was working hard here, uh, along with Ruby and Soraya. But it was some fun moments. Uh, the finish was out of nowhere. I didn't really like that. Like you said, I'm not really used to Jamie Hayter rolling someone up or something like being a surprise winner. So I guess that was kind of surprising. But it wasn't. It wasn't a bad thing. Uh, I guess it made more sense after the bell and like you mentioned, everything that happened. I didn't like the execution of that turn. You know, like. Like you mentioned, it's, it's, oh, it's okay. You beat me up earlier. Let's join up now. And I'm like, I'm wondering, like, what's the explanation? Like, if you you can't say it was that premeditated because if it was, then you guys are stupid because you should have just joined up and beat uh, Jamie together and both one of you choose to be who's going to be the champion right now, Soraya or Ruby, whatever you want to do. Uh, and if and then if it's like one of those spur of the moment things, like, well, if I lose this match, I'm gonna join Soraya. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, that's kind of weird. I didn't like how they executed it, but I expected it. I did pretty much, like you guys mentioned earlier, saw, saw that coming. So I, I just kind of left it alone. I gave it three and a half stars. It wasn't bad at all. It was pretty good performance by all the women, but yeah, yeah the way they executed that turn could have been way better. Yeah, uh, Jaxie, what about you? Because it's always great to see the women, but just not enough on the card either, was there? Yeah, um, I think that's the one thing that I will that I was waiting to sort of point out is I actually liked this match, and if you if anyone has listened to our sort of predictions on AEW, um, I kind of was a, a little bit negative about this match and, and feeling like I just didn't really see why. It was a triple threat, this, that, and the other. So I enjoyed the match for the wrestling. Um, as Monty said, though, I have to agree with Monty. Uh, my score went down for it because of the execution of the ending. Um, I really don't see the point on what was the point on Ruby turning if you weren't going to turn in the match and, and secure either you or Britt the win. It It's so questionable. It's like what you just, like, to me, how it's come across is, Oh, okay. You're fed up because you just got roll up pinned, and so you've decided to change it a whim, turn out a whim, um, and you just thought last minute, oh, okay, I'm gonna do this. But that to me also reminds me of kind of how Athena turned heel. So is I don't know whether or not this is like you know potentially recycled stories that are coming out of it or what. These women can work. We've seen that. This match was awesome. Um, Soraya even looked great. I think what this is her second match back. Soraya looked great. Yeah. Um, just the execution was very questionable. Um, not only that, but then the biggest question I had is, where's Jade? Jade is a championship holder. Are you telling me you still haven't actually? Like, I know you're waiting on Chris Statlander. You you saying that? You saying that? You saying that? But guess what? There are other women that you could be literally uh, building up to actually take over that role like you can't wait on an injured wrestler to cut to to fit in with your storyline if that was the case then thunder rosa would still be champion women's champion right now and not jamie hater so why the fuck are we doing this with chris statlander don't get me wrong i love chris statlander but why the fuck are we waiting for her? so yeah, the next one, yeah. You, you can't really argue with it <laughs> 
it's baffling, you know. Um, and you know, from a woman of color, I personally would have loved to have seen Jade, who is our woman of color champion right now, in a match on AEW Revolution. It didn't happen, and it was just extremely disappointing. I think that there were other matches that happened in AEW Re- Revolution that could have possibly been on a dynamite. Um, and I think that Jade could have, like, well, Jade deserved um, a match. It doesn't matter if she's on Rampage more because of TBS or what. She's still a title holder, just like Wardlow is the TNT uh, champion. Why is Jade not getting the same uh, level of respect what? as the TNT Boy, champion? Uh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no. no, no. Or it's it Thursday. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Spoil anything, have we? Well, we've still got the match to come, so good knows knows what's going to happen. Oh, okay. Well, you're not going to be told in a few minutes anyway, so just just listen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, uh, even though the TNT champions haven't always been treated the best, I still think that they've still been treated better and the title itself has been treated as a better title than what jade gets with the tbs title and i think we need to get out of that stigma just because um a title has world next to it doesn't mean that that is the only important championship there's other championships that carry a company so like focus on all of them but the thing is, it's you know, not, not even Monty mentioned as well. It's, it's there's no build, you know. It's the Jake Argyle opponent at the pay per view, would it just be mm. someone showing up rather than them actually putting kind of work? Again, the thing yeah, you've been working on that to yeah. build so up. They're, yeah, they're not at this moment in time. Um, what would you score that out of five anyway? Um, I gave that a three and three quarters. It would have been a four, uh, but the the execution, yeah, really took it down for me. Yeah, I gave it a four, but you made a great point as well. Soraya, we didn't mention, coming back, second match back, and looked like she's uh, getting into the kind of a groove again. Predictions, we want haters. We're all on five as we head to the Texas death match. Hangman Adam Page versus John Moxley. Fuck me. Uh, so, Ghost Riders in the sky by the Outlaws played as Page made his entrance more serious as well. And he tapped Moxley before he could even get in the ring. They immediately began fighting in the crowd. About two minutes into the contest, Mox grabbed a piece of barbed wire, but Paige used it against him to draw first blood. From that point forward, this was nothing but bloody mayhem. One of the most unconventional weapons that made an appearance in this bout was a fork. And the way Moxie used it was probably hard to watch for a lot of fans. Both men were bleeding and kept using weapons to make each other's cuts worse. In fact, we're bleeding from multiple areas of the body. Uh, there was a powerbomb on a chair spot that was so close to being a disaster, but Paige dropped Mox perfectly so he didn't hit his back in the chairs. Both had a few moments when they came close to winning uh, because, of course, the 10-count finish. They both survived. Hangman ended up having to hang Moxie over the top by a chain to make him tap out. You either loved it or hated this, depending if you like hardcore but this was more GCW than I've probably ever, ever seen. Um, it's probably the most graphic match matches I have seen. Unbelievable. And there was an overhead shot. It was great. And a good call by Tony. And uh, blood, sweat, bricks. 
as it was. This had everything. Did you ask that question too? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll ask Monty. I mean, this match had everything in it. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. Yeah, no, sorry. It. My bad. I I got excited because once Brick. The only thing is, and they answer this well, Monty. The only thing I'll mm-hmm. say about bricks is they're a lot easier to come by than like chairs wrapped in barbed wire. Mm-hmm. So if I was a boy, I would be recreating this with my mates. <laughs> don't, <laughs> any children listening, don't. Don't say, God damn it, Jay. You're supposed to be tell- you don't don't give anyone an idea. Uh, backyard wrestling all over again. I grew up oh. during that era. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this was insane, man. It was a war. Uh, I expected it to be crazy. I mean, it's a Texas death match. So, I mean, I'm not saying the people who thought this was uncomfortable is anything wrong with you because I'm going to literally admit to the same thing. Like, the, you know, it was blood everywhere. Barbed wire was everywhere. The You know, like you said, the bricks were used. The fork spot was not my favorite thing to watch. It wasn't, but it was one of those things where it's like I don't, I could, you couldn't look away from it, you know. So it was like, it was like that for me. Uh, choking Mox with the chain, and then like the, the the hanging fashion of the finish that was graphic as hell. But like you said, uh, just a hell of a way to finish a feud and a death match. Man. Uh, they really went for it. Uh, it was intense, and it left an imagery in the ring that I don't think I'll ever forget. And uh, it's hard for me not to come out of that match repulsed, but at the same time, I had a new level of respect for those guys, too. So I just I, I gave it five stars because they just put themselves through hell for my entertainment, honestly. That's honestly how I feel. I was like, I can't, I can't underrate what I watched because of how, because of how far they went. Because they, <laughs> I, I didn't ask them to go that far for my entertainment, but they, they definitely went, and I have to give them the prop for it. This is the thing that when you see the barbed wire dragged across their back, I don't know why Paige is wrapping himself. It's pointless, but like you see the <laughs> exactly. barbed wire wrapped, you know, draped across them. Uh, Moxie was bleeding from multiple areas. You know, even the head, top of his head when he got put pole drive driven. I mean, he's got the best Christmas mask in the business. I was trying to think. I was going. I'm going to try and say something here that's not just about hardcore wrestling. And I think Mox's punches are what best in the business. Honestly, they are on point. Yeah. How many times have you seen the wrestler go to the corner and hit the 10 punches and not work? But again, everything else was just pure carnage. Even ECW would probably like, you know what, that's a bit too far most of the time. Uh, <laughs> right. Excalibur said a leaf. I think he did think he said a, a blowing leaf would uh would uh, make Moxley bleed. So that's how much he bleeds. <laughs> <laughs> it was just uh, blood every I mean Jaxie, this match it was just gruesome. You know, again, a bit like the a trio yeah. match. You have to watch it so yeah, um, I mean, again, I I don't really know much more that I can say. Um, apart from trigger warning, if you watch this match, it, there is a lot of blood involved. Um, yeah, we all kind of knew that was going to happen as well. You know, Mox is addicted to like seeing his blood out on show. That's when he, I, I feel like he kind of gets adrenaline rush from it and just, you know, really, really loves like that nitty gritty, like if we're going to fight, we're going to fight type of motto so to speak um and you're right i think that john moxie ha- definitely has one of the best looking punches 
uh, I definitely would not volunteer to get punched in the face by him. So, you know, fair play to all these wrestlers taking it on a daily basis. Uh, I, I think the fork uh, moment was a bit a bit too much for me. And I'm a horror lover, so a horror fan lover. But that was just really hard to watch. And also the part where I, I'm baffled as to how Hangman Page thought it was a good idea to wrap Barb Ryer around himself before then jumping on Mox. <laughs> like, that was going to hurt you way more than it was going to hurt Mox. Like, I don't... I, yeah, the, the I was questioning certain parts in this match and just thinking, are these two sane? Has anyone done a sanity check on these two? Um, it was hard-hitting and it was good. It was just a lot. So you have to be prepared to kind of watch a Texas death match because they really went, like, the full works with it. Um I really do hope that Mox will take a break, you know, go on holiday with Renee and his daughter. Um, I'd like to see him get a bit of rest. And when he does come back, just keep hitting harder. So we'll see how it goes. This for me was like a four and a quarter. Um, I wanted to give it a four and a half, but like it's just the gore was a bit too much. That made me look away a lot. So I'm going to give it down points for that because you don't ever want to make your make the fans want to turn away, you know. So it was a bit too much for me. You can imagine eight-year-old Timmy taking his, you know, mum or dad to the show and, oh, I'm going to see AEW. What's the type of wrestling? Oh, it's all sorts. And then seeing that and go, what the fuck, Timmy? What are you into? You're like, you know, this is all about actual wrestling. And then you just see John Moxie come out with a fucking fork and be stabbing it in a man's face. Sure, Timmy. This is really wrestling. Uh, Yeah, Timmy. Dark. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, if you weren't expecting a fork in a Texas death match, you know now. Yeah. So, yeah. Gina, what about you? Because one thing we didn't mention is AEW fans can fuck off trying to nick Seth Rollins' song because we made that famous first off at the Clash and then at the Royal Rumble. Thank you very much. They can go fuck themselves, Gina, can't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can. <laughs> no, honestly, there are times that I really love how hyped the crowd get, and there are other times where the crowd get too hyped. Like, you're being OTT now, crowd. Like, you need to take a step back, you know? But, yeah, seriously, it was a good match. Um, It was hard to watch with the blood, but I think I was the opposite. I was like, I want more chaos! Bring more chaos! Use a spoon! Use a spoon! <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say Scoop as I am. That's too hard. Um, you but, were, yeah, I was one of those kids that shouted, we want tables when they're still getting barbed wire and yeah. fucking chairs. Is, and is that not enough? Yeah, you want a table? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy with the carnage. So I'm like, bring me more. But no, I thought it was a good match and it kept me intrigued. I gave it four and three quarters though. Yeah, exactly the same as me as well. Really, really good stuff. I mean, follow that. You know, <laughs> imagine that you're the match after you go, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, predictions, we all went page. We're all on six. I don't think this has ever happened before, uh, but we're all on six as we head for Samoa Joe versus Wardlow for the TNT Championship. Um, well, <laughs> you know, would this maybe have been better elsewhere? You know, who knows? You know, after the bloodbath of yes. the last match. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, but Monty, would this make more sense to put the guns, the tag match here at this point? Women 
the co-main eventing and the Joe Wardlow before the Texas Death Match. I'm just, I mean, Tony K, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, with the placement, but I think I think the problem is then is uh, uh well yeah yeah definitely the tag match that makes sense because it was a little bit funner it could, it, mm. it could have picked the crowd up it was a little lighter than what you had just watched from, from that uh, death match. And then the women don't have to follow it, you know. Uh, they'll be right ahead of the main event. So yeah, I I I think that would have been uh, probably a, a better placement for it. But honestly, this match to me was in trouble. Uh, <laughs> honestly, either no, just on this card. The, if you're going off what we actually got <laughs> from the match, but I'll let you explain it. <laughs> the thing is, as well, how over was Wardlow? Was it all MJF? Like I. I wrote this down in my notes. Like we one day we have to sit down and just discuss how far it feels Warlow is falling. Like it just, like it, it, ever since he beat MJF, I've never seen like a descent from just like going from like like you said so over. They were you know the symphonies all the time. He just looked like an unstoppable monster to what you saw in Revolution and what he is now. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Uh, so we get on to the match and Wardlow attacked Joe as soon as the bell rang. Despite the early onslaught from the war daddy, Joe was able to turn things around and hit suicide dive. Wardlow showed some, uh, I say surprising agility. We have seen him use these moves to lesser and lesser crowd effect to turn the tables of the Samoa Submission Machine. Both got some of the big moves and we saw a few things we don't usually see, but shockingly, uh, they, they didn't even pop for the fucking power bombs, but shockingly, Joe <laughs> passing out to a chokehold from Wardlow, making a Ward Daddy the new TNT champion. Um, yeah, well, first of all, uh, Jaxie, what did you think of the, the matchup? I mean, I thought it was a good match, but I also kind of, well, it sounds bad, but I don't mean it this way, but like, I kind of didn't care. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? The no, TNT champion. Yeah. <laughs> like, so right now, the TNT championship to me is a bike. It's gotten passed around so much that I legit don't care who's the holder because I'm like, oh, you'll lose it in a few weeks. Darby Allen will come and get it, or Sammy Guevara will, or fuck it, they might just put it back on Joe in two weeks' time. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. They, they've done so much to sort of uh, discredit it that right now, I kind of am starting to feel like whoever is champion is fucking doomed. <laughs> you know, like you, you're just going to stay stagnant, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of worried with, with where things are going to go from here. But I thought the match itself was good. I think I was probably the only one who was literally screaming at the TV wanting Wardlow just to do a Parabomb Symphony to... Samoa Joe. Now I know how hard that actually would be, but come on, come on, Wardlow, you could do it. You could do it. Just put your back into it. <laughs> um. <laughs> he wishes you in the crowd. He wishes he had that support now. <laughs> but you know what? I I will say the the moment where uh, they were both struggling on the top rope, and then Wardlow managed to make it down, and then powerbomb him from the top rope. That was that was good. That was sick. Mm. I just wanted him to follow through with another one or two power bombs straight from that and he could have pinned him straight up i think it was a bit lazy and too reliable to rely on the whole oh i'm gonna make him pass out 
I know they did that because Joe was still Ring of Honor television champion, so they didn't want to make him look bad. But then you shouldn't have put Joe in this situation in the first place, Tony. You yeah. really shouldn't well, have. You should have had the belt on someone else. I, yeah. I, I Since Warner first got the TNT Championship, I have no idea what Tony's creative line for that belt is because it has literally gone all three ways now. It went Wardlow, uh, Wardlow, Joe, Darby, Joe, Wardlow. Like, you're, we're just passing it back and forth. You're going to bring Sammy Guevara back into this now? What? Come on. Like, if you want me to actually care about it, TK, then actually create a decent storyline around it. Because otherwise, you're going to have a match just like that with two great, talented wrestlers in the ring. And I'm not going to give a shit who wins. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't care for the outcome because of, I, right now I, I feel like whoever's holding that TNT championship is doomed because they stay stagnant. You hardly see them when they should be on every TNT show. But we'll see We'll see what the plans are in play now that Wardlow's got this belt back. Did I think that both of the wrestlers had a great match, though? Yeah, I did. Uh, again, though, because I didn't care, I just kind of gave it a three and a half. So. That's fair enough. But like I said, Monty, you mentioned it as well. Wardlow has lost the connection with the crowd. How much is that due to booking? Uh, is it just a case of that, or is just can Wardlow do something? You know, I don't know how much he can do because booking definitely has something to do with it. So it's probably a little bit of both. But it's like it's hard to even gauge because the the era where he's at his most over so far in his career. You know, he was kind of doing squash matches. He was just beating the hell out of people. And at some point, he is going to have to prove that he can have a competitive, you know, match that's not with Max. That's a great feud. That's another thing, too. Like you said, he didn't have a feud in his first run that you can get invested in or care so much about. I guess this Joe feud was supposed to be that. But we saw how long it went on and how, again, like you said, how far he has seemed to have fallen uh, when it comes to just like his impact or whenever, uh, like I said, he's it's night and day almost by comparison to where where he's at to where he was when he fight Max. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, this match was okay overall and all of that, but it was nothing special. I feel like it was definitely something that you could have seen on Rampage or Dynamite. And uh, I'm glad Warlow won, but he didn't dominate the match either. Like like again, like I was used to. So, again, I think that's his strong suit, and he's going to have to prove that he can do a match where he's like this, where he's selling most of the match or whatever, and be able to get the crowd to be invested in it. And, again, like I said, it's not all his fault because booking has definitely played a factor, the inconsistency in which he was on TV. Uh, I honestly believe – I saw someone say this. I don't necessarily care too much about it, but they said him without his man bunny looks – he looks generic now, which is, <laughs> which I guess is fair. Yeah, I that was kind of yeah. look weird without without <laughs> yeah. the bun. It is kind of weird. It's something you got to get used to. But I don't know. They say he looks generic. So, uh, the thing is, like I said, he, I don't know what they're gonna do with him going forward to to get him back to where he was. I don't know if he ever will get back to that over. Uh, but following the death match too, having this place where it was placed was a sign to me that this probably wasn't gonna be. Anything too special, even though, like you said, it had good moments. I gave it three and a quarter. Yeah, uh, I'll give it three and a half. Gina, what about you for this match? Uh, Yeah, agree with what all of you guys are saying. I think it would be nice if they could maybe, like, 
I don't know, they could have even tried to showcase Big Bill as something be- a bit better and then have him and Wardlow start a feud, you know? Like, there are other big guys on the show that they can introduce into the feud and they're acting as if they've got no other opponents for Wardlow. And I'm like, well, Will Hobbs is sat right there. You've done jack shit with him apart from putting him into a triple threat match once for this belt and he was only there to take the pin, really. So, like, Will Hobbs is right there. You've got Big Bill, who is being wasted right now. Um, Like, literally just... I don't know what he's doing with Stokely Hathaway, but, like, we all... And they're becoming, like, the... What's the QT Marshall group? What's that group called? Back I can't remember. Yeah, anyway. The, yeah. Gonna, people will turn up I like remember that. them. Yeah, and it's just, like... I'm not trying to like downplay the the little team that he's got with Lee Moriarty and Big Bill, but the storylines are just like not clicking right now. And you could have Big Bill like going in there for Wardlow next. That would be great. But I don't see them doing something like that because they haven't elevated Big Bill to be up there enough. So it's just like a catch twenty two because you're like, well, you've got now all this they, yeah. yeah, they had Jungle Boy even take that. out Big Bill and make him look stupid. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that match was so unrealistic to me. I was like, in a real world life, it's like you're, Jungle Boy Bill Big Bill trying. No, seriously, I don't even know why I'm at, I am. Like, it's not like I'm I'm trying to like big him up here, but like, in, if, it, if Jungle Boy spills a beer on Big Bill in a bar and he's drunk, I'm sorry, he's punching him once and he's flat out. He's going to be what? flat out, seriously. <laughs> So when I watched that match, I was just like, oh, I just can't anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, so not big yeah, that would be a Bill. good suggestion. <laughs> that would be a good suggestion. But either way, it was, it was still a good match. Um, I did enjoy it. I was slightly, um, not shocked, but I, I didn't know which way it was going to go. Because again, this belt has been so, is jumping between these guys so much. I just didn't really know what outcome was going to come. So it was a little bit of a shock to me. I gave it a three and a half but it wasn't my favourite match of the programme. No, like I said, it, it, the, the problem is with this match, and I think the next one, it felt like they could be on Dynamite and we could have gone straight to them, um, you know, or, or something like that, you know. But there's no doubt Samoa Joe is a legend. Um, out of five, here we go, three and a half predictions, all went Wardlow, they're all on seven, so we've got perfect predictions so far. Uh, we move oh, wait, on to tag- James, I need to interrupt you about that. Sorry, I did. I didn't go with the House of Black. I went with the Elite, so I lost that one. Oh, did you? Yeah. Or did I? Did I change my mind Hang on. on the I've show? Got, no, luckily, I said luckily, the Elite. luckily, I have my book here of predictions. Down, and I've got the Elite written down, and I don't remember changing it on the last pod. So. Unless you've got a note to say that I changed my mind on the pod because I can't remember. You did go the elite. You are right. Yeah, I do apologise. No, so that's you are... <laughs> So you haven't got perfect predictions. Yeah, Gina, no, you've yeah. let the entire team down. All right. I was actually meant to comment that as well during the match, but I got too lost in just gloating about how great the match was. But I was truly shocked I mean, with that outcome because I didn't realise that the elite were going to lose the belts this quick. I thought they were going to hold on to it for maybe a, another month or so. But, yeah. I would, uh, I would have definitely lied. 
I'll just see if Jaxie went for anything different as well. No. No, <laughs> uh, no, Jaxie is still on the correct course. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. Uh, catch me out on the live, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would be like, yeah. Uh, so, move on. Like I said, tag titles with Gina not on a perfect score. The rest of us are, and it's the Guns versus um, Jarrett and Lethal. That's J A W R E double T versus Acclaim versus Cassie and Danhausen. All four teams showed up in new gear for this match, including Orange Cassidy was sporting black denim instead of his usual blue tuxedo. Uh, Cassidy and Jarrett started the match with some shenanigans to get the crowd back in the right move. Um, four-way tag matches have to service eight different wrestles, so we never saw anyone spend too much time in the ring, but we replaced with the other. We got some entertaining double-team spots, a lot of comedic moments. Again, we this is the other thing I quite like about this card. Because, you know, if you don't like blood and guts, don't worry, because this is comedy hijinks coming your way. Uh, and if you don't like comedy, well, you're in trouble then, aren't you? But again, uh, the guns took out Dan Housen. It looked like Dan, Dan Housen had a crowd behind him as well. It looked like he was going to get the win, but the guns retained their tag team titles. Um, so Gina, we'll stop. we won't talk about what happened after the match just yet. we just talk about the match first. What the hell were the guns doing during Shawn Michaels' entrance attire when they came out? What was that oh, about? Gosh, they're and like it, I, I, it bothers me. Their gear just bothers me. They just never come out dressed well. I don't remember which one's which of the brothers, but one of them always comes out with like this one, one armed crop top jacket, and I'm just I'm baffled. Like, who backstage is like, yeah, you look good. Yeah, yeah, go out like that. Like, I I can't. I really can't. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I wasn't a fan of this match either. Um, I preferred the Christian match to this match. <gasps> you, don't like, you don't like Dan Housen and Cat? I thought they were hilarious. <laughs> ha, ha. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, not for me. I just, I again, as you said earlier, I felt like this match could have been on like Rampage or Dynamite. I just didn't really see why it needed a spot over maybe a second women's match on this pay-per-view. So it was pointless to me. I wasn't that interested. And I do love the acclaimed. I was itching for them to get their belts back. And I am quite shocked that the guns retained because I'm just like, I, I'm not feeling it, guys. I'm just not feeling it with the guns. So, yeah, it's a bit hard and bittersweet to see them win it again because you're just like, oh, my God. And it, it just it did confuse me a little bit with what they were trying to do with the guns kind of teaming up with, um, what are their names, Jeff and... <laughs> Jared, the great one of the great wrestlers of this generation or any other. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. <laughs> but, yeah. It, 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 I don't know. Well, it, it just wasn't my favourite match, and I think it took up space on the paper. Well, they punish female referees, yeah? That same Jeff Jarrett. Mm, okay, sure. Honestly, watch his good housekeeping match with China from back in 99. Man, does he abuse women back then. I'm not saying it's good, but there's more evidence to the contrary. <laughs> 
Uh, I swear down, if I don't get my, my referee Aubrey versus Jeff Jarrett at some point, I'll fucking challenge him to a match myself. Well, we've got some good news. And the good news was during the post-match interview, the guns were confronted by a returning FTR. There we go. Love to see FTR. Um, nice T-shirts as well. I thought, oh, that's going to be good. How did Dax get busted so quickly? I just don't understand. I mean, Gina literally we just came into the ring and then he was bleeding. I mean, that's such a Dax thing. You know, when we met him, that's what he's saying, <laughs> yes. isn't it, really? Yeah, for sure. It's just like you, you've always got to make an entrance, for sure. But they looked good. And I screamed the place down. As soon as their music dropped, my shoulders were going. And I was like, yeah! I was so excited. And I, it really pleased me. <laughs> so, Jaxie, I guess you weren't happy about the outcome either. Um, also, Gina, first, what do you give that out of five for the tag match? Um, I'll give it a three. <laughs> Part of me feels like she was going to go lower. <laughs> yes. I was going to go lower, and I thought I haven't gone. I don't think I've gone that low before on the show. I think I'll give it. <laughs> only because only Kavir claimed were in it. That um. saved it. <laughs> Does this hurt the acclaimed Jaxi, do you reckon, losing the titles? I mean, it's a multi-man matchup, but you would have fought again I mean, with the momentum they had. I feel like I feel like there was a lot of expectation for them to have got taken the, the, the belts back. Um, you know, especially from even my end. Uh, I, I went with the acclaimed to be taking their belts back, so I lost this point here. Um, but I think the disappointment more came from like the the way it was again is the executions that aren't really like doing it for me in these AEW matches as of late I do have to agree with both what you and Gina said that I felt like this could have been a fatal four-way happening on a dynamite and probably would have been the best main event that they could have had for like a dynamite uh but did I actually think that this match was like pay-per-view worthy not really no you had a team in there which I really just didn't get behind because you had Orange Cassidy and Danhausen over the best friends. It's a chance at it. It's the best friends. And when I say the best friends, I mean Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, not Danhausen, who sometimes partners with them, sometimes partners with Hook. You know, like I, I, I'm talking about like the day one tag team that have been here since day one you know um and it seems like they were relegated for no reasons so yeah i was still a little bit miffed uh that they weren't in this match then you had all of the shenanigans with jeff jarrett pushing ref aubrey listen it's not even because uh like it's ref aubrey if it was any female wrestler like female referee sorry I don't think I'd have an issue as much as I've had an issue with Jeff Jarrett and the like you've okay the way that he pushed ref Aubrey was there was so much force so much momentum you actually would think that ref Aubrey was a wrestler and she isn't and the way she went flying back I just did not appreciate that all my respect goes out the window for for wrestlers 
like that. Um, you know, that you see when there's supposed to be referee interference um, and you see the referees, uh, the wrestlers handle with care. OK, maybe not with Brock Lesnar. Let's not let's not bring up Brock Lesnar. But then again, at least he sticks to his own sex, you know. Um, but this with with between Jeff Jarrett and Raph Albert, it rubbed me the wrong way. So Jeff pissed me off throughout this match, too. Um, again, I, I didn't care for the outcome. It is very much like um, like the TNT Championship. I, I cared enough about like the acclaimed winning it because I wanted my point. But did I actually feel invested in this fatal four-way? No, I didn't. I was more invested in what came after with FTR arriving than I than I had been for the tag titles in a, in, in a while, you know. And it's not because of the acclaimed had it before them. No, the acclaimed actually could have had a decent run, but they've not had great feuds. So, like right now, the tag team division needs saving. And Tony did the right thing and brought back FTR. Now, bring back FTR, bring back Lucha Brothers, bring back the Young Bucks, put Kenny back in singles action, and give us some some great tag team wrestling again start to elevate other legitimate tag teams. Like, you could have had Top Flight in there. Imagine having Top Flight in that match, in that Fatal 4-Way, just doing all of the high moves. That would have made it even, that would have made it 10 times better already by just swapping that team in. So, yeah, again, for me, I'm going to go the same as my sis. I'm going to give it a three because I didn't care. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> really? Monty, <laughs> um, this is just a case of they they put the titles on the guns just so FTR can take the titles off them instead of the claim shortly. Right, that's what I'm hoping. Right, I think that's what we all gathered. I think that's that's just the, that's the plan. If, to, if we're going to give FTR the belt again, uh, they didn't want the FTR to have to beat their claim. So yeah, I guess the guns being a placeholder right there makes sense. Can I also point that out, Monty, to you, though, that that is exactly what they've done with the TNT title. Remember, the guns took the belts off of FTR in the first place. Now they're just going to give it back to them. It's literally what they've done with the TNT championship. So I just wanted to point that out. Sorry. I hope I hope nothing else happens with the TNT championship to annoy you in the next week or so. You know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, because that, that belt is promiscuous. Uh, I will say this, though. Like I said about this, this this match was fun. I think you mentioned, like you mentioned, other teams that you could have put in this match, and this match would have ended up being like way more serious, and I and I think like at least taken more seriously by a lot of people involved. And but fun don't always mean good though. Just because a match can be fun or like funny at times, that don't always mean it's good. It was clunky. It was impossible to stay invested, like you guys mentioned earlier, for all the above reasons that we've already talked about. It was probably better than I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting much. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, again, the gun club won. The crowd didn't really care. I didn't really care until I realized I predicted that they would win, and I was like, oh, I I actually figured out a Tony Khan card for a change. Can you freaking believe it? Anyway, uh, yeah, so I was happy with the result because I predicted them, but I didn't care about the results. So, like, just like they mentioned. So, I get it. I get it. Everything you girls said. Uh, I gave it three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it three and a half as well. And I really cared about the result of this. Like, I don't give me It's nice. It's nice when, again, and I think only because, you know, Gina, a couple wrong, 
Jackson, like I said, with this one. But with the fast you know, we want it to become boring because how well we kind of know it at this moment in time, you know. And uh, like you said, to be on at this moment in time, uh, me and Monty went for the guns. Jackson went the acclaim. So me and Monty were on eight. Uh, Jaxie's on seven, Gina's on six because she lied, and it's the main event we're going to move on to. But um, this, you know, like I said, the good card, and now we're going to get onto the main event: MJF, Brian Danielson, Iron Man match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. MJF had a special production for his entrance with an orchestra, in mask playing his music. He wore his mask from when he was the Joker. At all out. Remember how successful that was. Uh, the first several minutes of the match were a technical showcase. Both men were trying to prove they were a superior performer. So he ended up coming to a stalemate more than once. When MGF offered a handshake, Daniels kicked his hand away. Uh, they went into the crowd in this match where MJF drink at a kid. Don't work. The kid went backstage after as well. Uh, where MGF punched him in the face. <laughs> no. Uh, before even man scored a fall, Danielson began to favour his left arm, which was injured during the lead-up to this match. He was wearing tape on his shoulder. Leave it, Gina. It's not worth it. So it would be a target. The pace began to slow around the 20-minute mark, but both men were going hard. Uh, with just over 34 minutes left in the match, Danielson scored the first fall with the knee. And again, what I liked about it is that if you standard main event match, uh, Danielson would have got the victory but of course it was an Ironman match um, and MGF attacked him uh, low blow and managed to get two quick falls so this was two all at that moment in time of course with DQ as well but even with 35 minutes um, gone both seems to have a lot left in them all selling their injury which we've always got to like the um, arm of Danielson and of course the leg of MJF MJF scored the third fall, around 20 minutes left to take the lead after two stone and Brian on the outside and a heat safe in the middle of the uh, MJF busted wide open. Great juice job. Luckily, it was only 10 minutes left because he wouldn't have made it any longer. And the American Dragon submitted him with the regal stretch, which meant we were tied up with 10 minutes on the clock. When it got down to five minutes, there wasn't a single person left in their seat. Within a minute left, Danielson applied a single leg cramp counter pin. Timer ran out before MJF tapped. Uh, so this match ended with a tie. Again, it annoyed me a little bit where the clock ticked and then MJF tapped. You know, just maybe tap just slightly before whatever it is. Tony Schiavone was the cat that got the cream because he managed to come out. I got it, Tony. What's that, Tony? Yeah, I've got it, Tony. Uh, he said the winner you know, would be declared and it would go to overtime. And then it turned into kind of like a money in the bank match, weirdly enough, where we were just waiting for that one decided fall. Uh, and of course, MGF, being MGF, had to use an oxygen tank as a weapon when the ref couldn't see him, maybe. And the American Dragon ended up tapping out on the Bell Docks permission to give MGF the win. But, um, I mean, Monty, there's so much to talk about in this match. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Because I thought the pace was incredible. I agree, man. It was an hour, but you, uh, like, I, again, and I'm not trying to compare them. I know some old heads are probably going to hate this. I've already heard some people argue about it since this has happened. But, you know, this is an Iron Man match, and it went an hour, it went sudden death. You know it's going to get compared to Brett and Sean, right? 
And uh, but I must say uh, again, this uh, not to not to compare errors here because wrestling is a little bit different. And even though it's a lot a lot of the same, uh, the pace, like you said, of this match at times and that other in, in, in that sudden death match between Sean and and Brady, maybe it's because they didn't have any falls all the way. It you know what I mean? Didn't have any falls. Fucking fall. Come on, right. everybody. Like, like, come on. If, no falls. Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. It was an egos. They didn't want to pin each other, so it led to 60 minutes of, yeah, boring. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So. When you think about this and you have the falls and you just have exchange after a great exchange, uh, you know, I also did myself a favor and didn't stay up to watch it that night. I watched it with fresh eyes so I can take in the entire hour the way it was meant to be because I commend that crowd because they were still into it, even though they had yes. seen three hours of a show before another match that was an hour. They were still into this match. So it just shows you how not only how invested everyone is was in this match, but how great these two were at keeping them invested in what they were doing. Uh, we know what to expect from Danielson. He's one of the greatest of all time. But to see Matt's performance, too, it just like you said, it's like we mentioned earlier about the trios match and the, uh, even, in, even in the violent death match, it felt special. It was a great exchange. It was The crowd was, again, like I said, into it. That last 10 minutes was so fun. And uh, getting to that draw. And then once we got to the draw, like I said, just so many callbacks to a lot of great classic matches in the past. And, and then also adding his own twist and just being special in itself. It was a star-making performance, especially for Max. But, you know, Danielson tapping and the way it all was executed was also great storytelling when you think about everything that we know coming into this match and what it meant to each man. So, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, like you said, there's so much that we can go into when it comes to this match. And I think I should go back and probably watch it again to see if there's anything I missed because that's just how great it really was. I gave it five stars. It was a really, really great wrestling match. Well, like you said, even the, the pin attempts, there's a sequence where they're going around the ring trying to pin each other. Like you said, yeah. the, the stuff on the outside, the, the way MJF looked like, you know, like you said, this is a performance now that this is MJF proving to everyone he is a proper professional wrestler, you know, not just can do a good promo. Right. The selling on the leg, the the, the way it works. And don't get, like you said, Danielson is on the best of all time. But still go an hour to still go like that. This is one of the greatest Ironman matches that I've watched. And if I was going right. to compare, and again, being a slight old head, I'm not going to fucking go back to like Flair and Steamboat. But like Rock versus Triple H, Judgment Day 2000. Mm-hmm. Man, was that fucking Iron Man match. But again, I think that was five falls each. This was three falls each. And look how the crowd were into it, you know. And, and Brock and Kurt, is, too. I think about that. Oh, oh, yes. Well done. <laughs> I'm going to give you a clap for that. That's a fucking awesome <laughs> I might go watch that later. <laughs> Just how good it was. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's one of the greatest I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> That match in so long, you're actually making me want to put that on. Brock and Kurt was such a good Ironman match. Yeah. Like I said, there has been some great Ironman matches, but these two guys mm-hmm. managed to, you could argue, you know, with the oxygen, the tank, but it's MGF, like we talked about on the prediction show. We kind of all pulled it saying he's got to do something heelish, but we'll get the kind of definitive win, you know. Uh, H2O chant was probably my favourite chant. <laughs> Jeff drinking water during it. Um, and the only other thing, the only negative I can say about this, I would have liked the clock on the screen of all time. 
you know, just throughout the match because sometimes you just, you know, just want to know uh, where you are. But again, like we talk about Jaxie, this match in itself, after the card be had, for the crowd to be into it, it just, it was special and both men delivered. Yeah, um, I have to agree with everything you and Monty said. I, I too did the same as Monty and I waited until the next day. You know, we, we had to watch it a day behind anyway, but I stayed on for social media an extra day because I was like, no, I'm really tired. I don't want to sort of end watching this match. I want to ha- be fully energized. And I'm so glad I waited because I could not look away from the screen. And it was like, like you guys said, 60 minutes, you know, even more of just the same two men trying to just p- get one up over the other. And they just didn't disappoint. Um I, I didn't know what to expect going into this match and whether or not um, either man could actually last 60 minutes. But they, they managed to, like, you know, not only, like, pull one over on us, but also, like, deliver such a decent quality match. Um, I really loved the small little moments, like, you know, MJF uh, contemplating using the belt and the ref just going, do you know what? By all means, go ahead. Please do it right in front of me so I can actually just give this point to that Brian Danielson do you know what I mean it was that is it was just such a realistic moment that I loved that they put that in there and that Bryce just was like do it go on see what I'll do do you know what I mean like, literally like you know confronted him you know um yeah. he also then went ahead and had another great moment of just seeing that ring on MJF's finger and being like what, what are you doing with that and just taking it just he 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 bossed that uh in terms of refereeing uh, there was so much going on. And yeah, again, I have to commend the crowd because they stayed lit for 100% of that match. Um, and the H2O ch- chants were brilliant. Um, just reminding everyone to always drink water and stay hydrated. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. Um, overall, it was such a great match for me. This was another five star for me. Yeah, even think about a match like star jumps, you know, uh, Danielson doing the star jumps from Jeff early on and showing the nip ups as well. Like I said, all the exchanges, the slaps and telling each other to go fuck themselves. Like, yeah. it was just everything in this. Like, I mean, they have resorting to, you know, uh, shouting out Brody and Buddy's names, uh, trying yeah. to get a rise out of Brian Danielson, even finishing it off with the, the bell lock. You know, like yeah. that, that, that all is going to hit hard. And like, this is what I mean about like good, decent storytelling. When you act, when TK, when AEW you actually build up a decent storyline, this is the type of uh, emotions that we get, not just from the wrestlers and within that ring, but from the fans themselves, like fully invested mm-hmm. in it. You know, this is the type of, of, of storytelling that we want consistently throughout all of the titles, not just the, the world titles. Um, I think they really delivered here. Um, I also thought it was very creative with them um, uh, using the oxygen tank or whatever it was, you know, like with MJF at the end, just kind of waiting for, waiting in, uh, lying in wait, as, so to speak, just to hit uh, Brian Danielson. I think it worked perfectly for his character. Uh, Obviously, everyone booed. I booed. Um, but, of course, that was the way he was going to win because we all know that that is MJF. MJF cannot win without cheating tactics. So it was it was well well put together, you know, well executed this time around. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Gina, what about you? Because, again, I just remembered even the near fall towards the end uh, in sudden death with Danielson hit the knee, 
them just just kicked out straight up just to show that he was you know as good as Danielson at that point in time. It was just a really good match, Gina. I, probably don't give me credit saying really good. It was excellent. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. Again, you've all, all of you have touched so many parts, but again, I I don't think any of what we say will give the match justice. So again, watch this match, watch the mm. trios match. Those two, I would highly recommend. I've given this a star, uh, five star as well. Um, we all knew the outcome. To, like to be honest, because let's not disagree here and saying, yeah, we thought. Brian was going to win it. No, it, we knew that MJF definitely was going to win this in some cheating way or another. But that that hope was always there because of this match went so hard. You're just like, no, he deserves it. Brian Danielson deserves it. Like, literally, I know that MJF's going to win. And it's like, no, I don't want that. I want Brian to have it. So it was just really harsh to see him lose out on that opportunity, especially when they fought this match. And it was clear Brian Danielson should have had this win. But as always, MJF being the prick he is, had to get in there <laughs> with that G. And can I just say, oh, I love Bryce. I love the way that he does the 10 count and he does a little mini little jump in the air with each number. I love that. It was so cool. <laughs> it's all about even, <laughs> his, even his reaction <laughs> when Tony came down and he's going, what? Restart the match? Yeah, I don't know, Pop. You hear that? He's, he's literally just telling yeah. us the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, like Bryce is whole mood. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that out. Like I said, five across the boards there. Predictions, we all went MJF. So the final scores for the show are uh, Gina is on seven, Jaxi on eight, James and Monty finish nine out of nine so both get a point per perfect score but Monty you're back to back perfect scores because you had the chamber last time man take a bow see what happens when you start watching Rampage <laughs> <laughs> no I don't I, I can't explain it I, it was perfect uh, I realized I was on a good run like you said I, did, I remember we had a couple of differences I just knew it wasn't that many so I just was waiting to see how everybody else shook out, but I, yeah, man, I don't know. I've been on a good run. I can't. I, I don't. I don't know if it's look. All I must. Say, I must say is I don't like my end of year predictions, so I gotta overcompensate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> but it shows. <laughs> but it shows like, how much points can change because the uh, AEW prediction league at this moment in time. James Monty on one, Gina Jaxi zero. Um, but the bonus league has changed as well because now Jaxi's on nine points. Monty joins Gina on 11, just two points behind me on 13. So again, if we head into WrestleMania, which will be the next time we do predictions, we can get a bonus point for each night, right? And an extra one as well for getting both nights uh, done. And then you're looking at the Jaxi could then go into the league conceivably so you know it is all a bit of fun but man when we get it right the way we all have done especially this year you know we've been killing predictions so it shows that we know what we're talking about you know the amount of times i've said that to people Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so anyway we're going to talk about the event as a whole whole 
Uh, MVP first. Japsy, who's your MVP of the night? Because this was a tough one for me. Hmm. Oh. Oh, this is tough. Um, I'll come. I'll come back to you. I'll go Monty first. Monty, yeah. who's your MVP of the night? I can tell you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was having a tough time too. I had two in mind. Uh, I'm gonna go with Max because this is a night we'll never forget when it comes to Max's career. Like you said, he proved what he could do. So I, I think he'll be a great MVP choice. But also, the man got stabbed with a fork on <laughs> for my entertainment. <laughs> So Hangman was definitely the other person I was thinking about. <laughs> That's literally, I was like, MJ proved he could go an hour, but Box and Page, like, fuck me. <laughs> you know, like... Right, they tried to kill each other, man. <laughs> yeah. And I think go for them and for the match. So I've got to go Box and Page, like, kind of join uh, MVP. Um, Gina, what about you? Oh, I had a, I had a Brian Danielson written down, but to be honest, if I could, I would choose both MJF and Brian Danielson. Yeah, choose them both. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think I'm just gonna actually kind of go with the same as my sister and do uh, Danielson and MJF because I just really d- did not expect that caliber of a match for, from as an Iron match. Iron Man match from those two um, and it was just really really great from beginning to end so I'll give it both to them well my match of the night was the main event um, Jaxi with you the trios and the main event five switch when you picking out the two um, I think out of the two I'm going to go with the trios match just because I think there was just a lot more sort of like hype if that makes sense like the other the, the main the other main event was exactly the same but there were just too many moments that were just making me go, wait, what? What? So, yeah, I'm going to go with the trios. Uh, Monty, you had the Page and Mox match and the main event, but which one are you going to pick? Yeah, man, I'm going with the main event. Although, again, uh, I'll never forget either match. <laughs> yeah, That's they why they five yeah. stars to me. I'll never forget either one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For different always, reasons, of course. We'll always have revolution. <laughs> yeah, I know what you might uh, Gina, you had the trios and the main event. Which one are you picking? Yeah, I'm going to go with the trios. Uh, both matches are great, but I gave my MVPs to the main event. So my match of the night is going to go to the trios. Yeah, and I'll start with you. What's your rating for the show out of 10? Yeah, I mean, I was very, very critical of AEW be- before um, this the pay-per-view had taken place. So... I will say that like the build up to this pay-per-view hasn't excited me, but the pay-per-view itself and all the matches were actually really decent and it's a decent show to watch that, and I would recommend it. So I am going to give it an eight and a half, but just because there were a couple of matches that I feel didn't need to be on the show and the lack of a more, you know, female roster on the, on the show kind of dipped it a little for me. So yeah, eight and a, eight and a half, I'll give it. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, overall, um, surprisingly enjoyed the matches on this show. Again, like my sister, the build-up hadn't been that great to me, so I wasn't really looking forward to watching it. Uh, but I came out really enjoying it. Um, for for that fact, I'm going to keep my score at an eight. But again, some of the reasons, I feel like this could have been a better uh 
scored my, uh, pay-per-view myself personally um but i'm gonna give it an eight and <laughs> monty what about you yeah overall it's a very good show had its downs a lot of it was a couple things that i wasn't interested in or wasn't invested in like we mentioned of course because of the bill but most of the show was really fun to watch i think everyone on the card uh everyone's staff all everything everyone did a good job like i said the fans were great too so it ended up being really positive uh and a really good pay-per-view overall I recommend people seek out the replay or, you know, uh, if you got it, you know, again, you could always go back and watch <laughs> again, some of this again, stuff. Again, again, again. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, yeah, some of this stuff you you might have to come back for. It's just that good. Uh, but, yeah, I gave it eight and a half because I, I did punish it for some of the stuff that I did not care for. But eight and a half, I think, is really good for this show. I don't know whether to change my score now. Maybe I've gone too high. I've actually really enjoyed it. No, do you think? Well, this is the thing. It's like, I'm going to give it a nine. And and again, it's, I didn't mind any of the matches. I mean, yes, after Paige and Mox, the World Lone Trailer tag titles didn't need to be there. But I didn't want to go straight from, you know, Paige and Mox into the main event. I thought everything kind of delivered in itself. And another thing, and surprise, we've not mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it now. And AEW, every ex-WWE star lost on the card. Every single one of them jobbed out to future or for AEW talent. You know, when we look through whether it would be Jericho, Christian, uh, of course, in the women's matches, whether it be Soho, Box losing, Joe losing, uh, and of course, Danielson as well. I mean, trios, you can argue, but House of Black weren't really, you know, like I said, in WWE as it was. And also the age of the wrestlers, Ricky Starks, 33, Wardlow 35, Jungle Boy 25, Jamie Hayter 27, The Guns, Austin 28 and Colt 31, MGF 26, Adam Page 31. The future is bright for all wrestling, you know? And I think if Tony keeps putting cards up, I'm going to get perfect scores for with the right results. Mm. I might become a bigger fan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, these are some um, pretty interesting stats, though. I didn't even notice that every ex-WWE star lost. That's an interesting fact that that's something we should definitely keep an eye on when it comes to uh, AEW pay-per-view events. Just just out of curiosity, not because we'd actually go and contact Tony or anything <laughs> like that. But it would be inter- it would be interesting just to compare the stats um, when when you put it that way. Also, that age range as well. Just just to show you that you know younger talent do have what it takes to actually put over a good show a great show you know if given the opportunity and actually given the right training so uh, i can only hope that this continues to you know us continue to push forward not just young young talent but also to push forward uh women's wrestling you know get that out there more as well um we're still not satisfied when it comes to uh how much content we do get for women's wrestling, I, I can only hope that it will just continue to get better. Yeah, well, shallow doubt. So that is it. Unless, I mean, Monty, anything else about AEW? I don't think there is. I think we covered it all. No, uh, I think we're good. Yeah, well, I don't mean to put in your spot like that. I'm going to do it to Gina now. So, Gina, anything else you want to say? Quick, quick. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is it. Stop putting Dan Housen on the show. I'm getting wound up again. Please. Um, he might curse you. Be careful. He might curse you. Uh, 
I'm ready. Well, don't forget, we've got all social media, Twitter at the Dubliner Podcast. I'm at the Dubliner JR. You can find the entire Dubliner team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and or listen to you? At Mind Monty Pod on Twitter, or you can type in Mind of Monty on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. On my next pod, I hope to talk about the latest advancement in the New Japan Cup. It's been a lot of exciting stuff that has already happened in the first few days of the tournament. So, gonna try to talk about a little bit of that and much more. So, check it out. Shadow of a doubt. Uh, Jackson, where can people find you? Across both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina? You can find me at Purple Pain. We're doubling also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at doublepodcast at gmail.com and YouTube and podcast for all latest clips and podcasts got the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. Our next episode will be NXT update. And there's a roadblock in the way, Monty, before we get to stand and deliver. Well, until Jackson beat us to stand and deliver as it was with the predictions, but we've been on a good enough run. Uh, and of course, let's not forget, next weekend, we will have Mystery Mania as well. But until then, I've been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. It's been fun. And look forward to the next one. And, uh, and the mind of Monty again. Thank you, sir. All right, we got to we got to win these uh, NXT predictions. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> you triggered me. There, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. <laughs> My pride. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And of course, the genius. It's gonna make sure I do not. Touch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna make sure that I do not watch NXT leading up to this and watch me kick both your asses again. Right. <laughs> So I wonder I wonder if the genius of Gina is as spiteful. I mean, Gina, what do you think is gonna happen? Um, I'm I'm not gonna let everything out of the bag just yet, but I've got my tarot cards and my crystal ball and I'm getting that G site out. Tarot cards. It's calling to me. <laughs> oh, I'm getting pains in my side. Have you got a voodoo doll or something? <laughs> right. No wonder they don't have to never watch, know. You never know. I might be using the poopy dolls on the losers of all these matches. <laughs> well, on that note, that is probably the weirdest thing we've ever finished a podcast in saying. And we're going to leave it there. Thanks, everybody. And bye. Bye.